All right, guys, before we start this episode, absolutely brutal news came out today. Scott Hall, otherwise known as Razor Ramon of WWF, WCW fame, is being taken off life support after having multiple heart attacks on the operating table for hip surgery. A lot of our listeners might not quite follow wrestling or uh, know who he is, Um, so I'll just do a quick little recap. Razor Ramon Scott Hall took the world by storm in the 90s in the WWF, uh, part of the clique. After this, he jumped ship, went to WCW, and started the NWO New World Order with Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash. He was a big influence on us, the Two Sweet Reviews. The whole Two Sweet mantra actually came from him and uh, NWO and the clique. Uh, we adopted the Two Sweet uh, sign. We ended up calling the music blog Two Sweet Reviews and the podcast. So, guys, it's a sad day for Two Sweet Reviews, sad day for wrestling, and... Uh, sucks yeah you gotta understand like we were we were growing up and in the late 90s we were like what nine to 12 years old yeah. we used to turn on whatever we had in cable watch the sports channels all the time and you know you get these larger than life personas come out in uh in professional wrestling it seems kind of foolish but when you're a young kid and you just like grab on to whatever and whoever's there and and this man just had steez like he was he was a character like came out with the gold chains, the toothpick, like uh personality you wouldn't forget. So um, even our little uh our little saying there on Instagram. Oh yeah. That's come, true. Comes from comes from Razor. He lived the hell he lived a hell of a life. I mean, he had so he had his ups and downs, he had his he had his demons, but as far as um I've read is that the past 10 years he's been clean and he's been building his relationship with his family and friends. So at least they'll have those memories about him, you know, if he doesn't make it, but, uh, he had a hell of a life and, uh, yeah, he'll always live in, uh, the memory of two suit reviews. That's for sure. Like you guys said, he'll always be the TSR origin inspiration, no matter how far this thing takes us. So he'll have a spot with us. Uh, with that being said, we shift our focus to the music industry and what we're here for. This is TSR's fifth podcast back once again to chop it up with you guys. Steve Lundrigan, joined by the two guys you just heard, Justin Rousel and Steve Reed. Today, we're going to break down some of the best albums of 2022 as we near the quarter year mark. Then we're going to hop in and discuss overall album length and its impact. And finally, we're going to close it out with something different and what we hope will be a recurring feature called Sweet Meter. More on that later. But for now, let's dive into what has been an incredible 2022 for new music and start with Mitski's latest album, Laurel Hell. So overall, TSR gave this one 8.1 high praise between us. And for myself, I actually quoted it as the album of the year frontrunner. After a few more albums, I uh, don't want to give too much away, but uh, it would still be there for me personally. Um, I think Mitski is uh, straight up an amazing songwriter. And some uh, very deep lyrics that are a relatable subject matter. And her longtime collaborator, Patrick Hyland, just, they work so well together and, and it shows their experience and uh, their comfort with each other. It's a hell of an album with some great tracks, uh, Working for the Knife, The Only Heartbreaker, personal two favorites. I gave it an 8.8 and it definitely won't be the last time you hear from me on this album. 
Um, yeah, for me as well. I mean, it, uh, I remember when we, I believe it was episode three, we talked about the upcoming reviews and I kind of had a laugh in her expense, kind of explaining the quote she gave for this album saying, you know, vulnerability and love and all. And she, she talked it up, you know, like crazy, which is, you know, it's okay when you talk something up, when you back it up, which is definitely what she did. Um, I ended up giving it an 8.4, just the mixture of her haunting vocals with the analog eighties kind of retro sound she was going for. I've almost every song hit for me loved it basically top top to bottom no it was uh it 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 it, uh it paid off it um she definitely delivered on her promise that she gave us so no it was great for me yeah i mean i i'm with you guys in a way like i thought uh, a lot of it was well done my my ranking was uh was a seven out of ten um I just thought it was it was good, not great. Like I thought there's uh, several good songs that were top quality and then others that just uh, just didn't really do it for me. Really, uh, I like what she has going, though. And I, I listened to uh, her previous album. What, what's it called, guys? Uh, Be the Cowboy. Be the Cowboy. Yeah, that one is uh, that one's really good as well. So definitely a good artist to have on the radar for sure. Yeah, and uh, for anyone, you know, she's kind of like moody indie rock type thing, a uh, bit of disco influence there. Uh, sad music for sure, but uh, hell of a performer too. Never seen her, watched a few videos, but uh, she's definitely uh, something to keep your eyes on, like Reese said. Uh, next review we had, and again, sticking with good music, we have Spoon's Lucifer on the Sofa. Uh, Rosie, you rated this one the highest. Thanks, what? Yeah, so 8.7 out of 10. Spoon was that kind of band. I actually didn't even know they were making music. Like, I listened to those guys way back in high school, back way in, what's that, 2005, 2006, not to, you know, age myself. But when uh, Lundy brought up having to uh, or asking if we could do this um, as an upcoming, I was like, wow, I didn't even know they were doing music. And I believe there was even a song. And you're like, I was like, oh, yeah, I know these guys. I do. But um, it was a pleasant surprise. Um, the thing I liked most about it is that here's a high school band that I used to love when I was younger. And like most bands, you know, as you grow up, they, if, they're keep pump, if they keep pumping out music, it's usually not that great. Or they're holding on to old glory and the sound isn't really meshing with today's standards and today's, you know, uh, modern culture and how music is the direction it's going. But Lucifer on the Sofa for me, high quality music. Uh, breath of fresh air compared to, like I said, what I'm used to with, uh, older bands kind of disappointing me as I get older, but, uh, just a solid rock album. Like I really top to bottom. Like, I mean, I think I gave it a, the highest rating of the three of us and I'm, I'm not even the rock guy. So that <laughs> tells you that right there. And, uh, yeah, so no, it's just high praise for me. Yeah, man, absolutely. I, I, I remember when we were trying to come up with the list for albums this year and everyone, we were like looking at the upcoming, upcoming albums and I used to just kept putting Spoon on the list, even though neither <laughs> one of you guys would listen, like listen to them ever. And then I think Reed listened to it one trip home and he just threw it in the group as something we should be listening to. So yeah, it turned out amazing. Uh, 8.2 for me, it's, it's patented Spoon. And that's definitely not a bad thing. It's like, like kind of like Ross said there, like you expect bands to kind of lose their mojo when they stick in the same, same lane the whole way. You know, what do we give Foo Fighters like a four point something or something? Should have failed, like should have failed them, but we didn't, but it was close. Yeah. So yeah. this is just, this just speaks to how well these guys, uh, you know, it's been five years since they put out an album, but it's a hell of a, hell of a way to come back it's you know Britt daniels voice is 
uh, amazing. I, I think it, it captures me every single time he sings. And then they just uh, have a couple of guitar players there who just riff off each other. And, and it just makes for some really good bluesy rock. Um, could listen to it uh, over and over. It's just good, easy music. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, my whole take on it, I didn't even know the, I didn't know the first thing about these guys. So I, I kind of threw it on for the first time, knowing that they weren't a brand new band per se, but didn't know they've been on the go since 93. Didn't know they had the revolving door of uh, bandmates and all that. And just uh, like the guy said, just a very enjoyable listen. Um, the first like five, six songs are like, top notch i was like mm -hmm. you know you throw it on and sometimes you don't get through the whole thing because you're busy and uh, you throw it on six times and you hear the first seven songs you're like, this uh some good shit here but um tailed off a little on the end for me but uh at the end of the day very solid album um recommend all you guys um um like bluesy rock like the guy said and there's uh there's not much of it out right now that's uh actually worth listening to that that i've heard of so um give spoon a listen i will mention too that they liked our story when we yeah. posted our reviews so they're from 93 yeah, yeah. and they're and they're liking these you know small fish like us so i felt they're pretty TSR. good they're tsr's favorite band right yeah tsr certified Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so the first two we touched on there a little less polarizing but now we're you know this uh the next two are definitely uh polarizing to say the least <laughs> uh First up, we'll uh, touch on Reed's favorite album of the year, uh, Big Thieves. This is a mouthful. Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Take it away, buddy. So, I mean, I guess I'll just uh, give from my perspective here, like, songs started coming out last year. I think there were probably, like, six to eight songs out for the longest time on this album. And then it was late in the year, probably November 2021. We heard, okay, they're putting out an album. And we see the duration. 20 songs, what is it, 120 minutes or something? And all of us collectively are just like, oh, my God. After, after like, doing those uh, Drake and Kanye albums, we're like, good <laughs> Lord, like, what is going on? So, anyway, like, I kind of had, we all had that in the back of our heads as it eventually came out. And I'm um, not going to lie, the first few listens were just brutal like it was just hard to get through whether it's like me in my normal life like working or home like no matter what it's just it's almost impossible to get through 120 minutes unless you're just sitting doing nothing we even had a joke uh a few days uh before the drop it was probably probably five days about oh yeah good luck listening to that three four times in a row because it's <laughs> it's brutal it might even be me that said it <laughs> yeah it was uh i think lundy said something on saturday but or sunday and i was saying i haven't gotten to it yet and i was like yeah like i usually listen to three three times in a row or so when i'm doing my reviews and you guys like you're not listening to this three times in a row you better start right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean as i kept listening i just loved it more and more um it's it's really as simple as that like uh it's really long. It can drag on. It's a little sad for sure. It's not like bumping type stuff that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat, but just they have an, a beautiful way of creating music. Adrian Lenker, that's her name, right? Yep. Yeah, she is. She's just really something else. And I think the world is just starting to notice like uh, in 2019, the three of us uh, listened to two hands together. 
Um, and we all loved it. And you see their little uh, like live shows. It's just magic, like the magic that they create sitting down together. Just uh, it's beautiful. And uh, the polarizing thing about this one were the different uh, were the different genres. I know the guys didn't like the folksy part, and I totally get that. For me, it was like a like a Neil Young throwback thing. And I mean, Neil Young's been on the go forever. I've probably only listened to like five percent of his albums because he has like two on <laughs> 200 release. Um, but it just really threw me back to like uh the old days the harvest days and i just gained more of appreciation as i went through that they could flip flop genres and some experimental rock in there too that uh every time i listened just got better and my thought as i kept going is man like if we fast forward a year in time say i think this is going to be looked back on like beautifully like, i feel like it's it's tough to like jam pack it all in a month or however long but uh, i think this one is going to age well um for many reasons especially as we get to see them perform live and um anyway yeah 9.3 i know it's uh i was really juggling it there the night before we dropped it uh but i stand by it for now and listen to it on those uh those long flights to camp and it's, uh, it's pretty nice yeah, uh, on the polarizing side, I guess, is uh, myself uh, came in at 6.2. And yeah, you kind of touched on the reasons I don't like it. Um, and it's not even like the folk. Well, it, it, it's the folk and it's not so much just because I don't like that genre of music. I just don't think it fits here. And it's more just disappointment with them including it so much than anything because you know, I, I know what you're saying and that that 9.3 could be, you know, looked back on as one of the better albums. But if they just had a cut like five or six of these songs, like I think we're talking like album of the decade kind of thing. Like it's it's beautiful. Like you said, Lanker's amazing. She writes incredible songs. Um, it's just there's just too much here. And I think we'll get in with well, we will get into it on album lists and if it's a deal breaker and that kind of thing is more of a devoted topic here after we touch on, on the albums, but you know, just in general, it's just a, it's a mix for me. Um, and just a little bit more bad than good, but the good is brilliant as I said in my review. So it's definitely worth a listen, but if you want me to send you all the songs that you should listen to, I have a Lundy cut of the album that, <laughs> that removes all the shitty songs. So, <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> my sentiment's going to echo Lundy's. We were pretty close on this one. I found with this album glimmers of genius, but just much too watered down. Uh, I got a little too carried away in my analogy during my review of basically being in a car and driving down the road and like stopping at gas stations and like, but I was just trying to build up the the, <laughs> the, the, the feeling I was getting. Like I was looking at songs like uh, wake me up to drive and, what else do I have here to change heavy band blur view up, you know, promises a pendulum. The only place like I can name a whole bunch of good songs and it can make a really good album. But then there's like for every song, there was a equal length other song that should not have been there. And I mean, who are we or who am I to tell these guys who have all the talent in the world? They can play about 50,000 instruments. Who am I to tell them what to leave off? But at the end of the day, it's going to ruin the experience for a lot of people. Right. So I was, I was in the same kind of wheelhouse as Lonnie gave it a six. So sorry guys. 
Yeah, it's not winning them any new fans, that's for sure. And I don't think that was really the goal here. Like, if you look back through Big Thief's discography, they start out, like, their old stuff is really accessible, simple, acoustic music that will bring in fans. And then with UFOF and Two Hands, you can see them start to experiment a little more. And then this is above and beyond that. And, I mean, it could go, like Reed said, it could be... Could be one of the better albums to look back on for sure. Right now, I'm not there. But uh, a lot of people are, though, boys. I mean, if you look at other reviews, like this thing's getting like album of the year praise kind of thing. So don't take mine and Roz's word for it. Listen, because Reed thinks it's awesome and a whole lot of people think it's awesome. So it's definitely worth a listen and, and... and figure out for yourself. There's some really great music on this album. Yeah. And I mean, Reed might be in the minority for two C reviews, but we, me and Lenny are in the minority for the world. Yeah. <laughs> the world. <laughs> the world. <laughs> so Reed is really in the majority no, in this, in, yeah, in this, uh, in this consensus. We're kind of on the fringe. So take that for what you will. Yeah, boys, grow up. Fuck. <laughs> All right, I'm doing an album that Reed got wrong. Another one. <laughs> oh man. Our most latest album. Another hella long, long album. And polarizing once again, except we're all flipped. Uh, <laughs> Beach, Beach House, once, twice melody. Roz, take us away. Yeah. And I just want to touch on how fucking good the music has been like usually we have like a stinker and then we'll have a good one they'll have a media like for me like yeah big thief was on the lower scale but it's still enjoyable but between mitski and spoon and now my highest rated of the year so far in beach house once twice melody the music has been great like i've been enjoying every week of what we're listening to and um yeah it's uh it's a question i'm going to bring up when everyone gets their word in but i mean Again, another long album. We had about clocked in at 84 minutes. Uh, Dream Pop, which I can see being polarizing, but just, I don't know. I found it could be personal taste, but this style of music, the atmosphere, just the the vocal performance and everything coming together. Like, I mean, it zipped by for me. There were some really good moments and very few, if any, bad moments for me. So I don't know. That's, That's all I can really say about that one. Yeah, for me, it's as simple as I know I loved it because I haven't stopped listening to it. Um, Like, no, seriously, usually when we review something, I've listened to it so much that I'm kind of sick of it and ready for a break. I've been turning on Once Twice Melody like every time I come in and go to work so far. It's um, And it's that perfect kind of music for that too, right? It's It's just excellent background music. You could be doing anything. It's not something you need to necessarily be paying attention to consistently it's just you know it's kind of a yeah it was dream pop right like it's just got that that uh, ability to kind of move into the background and and listen at your leisure or it's something you could just pop some of your phones on, on and have an amazing musical experience i think it can work both ways hell of an album or is it let's find out Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I think I had a chance if it was half the length. (laughs) Like, I'm not, uh, like, not a dream pop guy like you are, you you guys are. Um, So, like, I'm trying to, like, get into it. And 
then you like dump twice the load on me at the one time. Like for me, I was sitting there and like, I was like, okay, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. But as the songs went on, it's just like, man, I think I just heard this. I think I just heard her sing this exact way. Like I think, and then 30, 40, 50, I'm just like, man, nothing's standing out. Like I just want to like, I'm going to skip the sign. I don't really like this one anymore. My notes were just like, meh, or it's okay. Or it had a cool part there at two minutes and then surrounded by three and a half minutes of just like it. I mean, it did feel like I was in space, like in space, just uh, just lost, just lost. <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't just couldn't get into it. Like there was nothing that kind of stood out and grabbed me and wanted me to put it on again. I did like the first three songs and maybe it's because they were out really long and I listened to them like a bunch. But it just just really dragged on i tried to break it up and it didn't just didn't just didn't do it for me so that's it right <laughs> rita people pay good money to go to space these days you know it's, yeah, man. it's a big and they had it broken into four discs but i do have a follow-up question and this is this is for Reed, but it's also for lundy is album length a deal breaker and i know we've talked about this um this is this is how i'm gonna say it you know beach house big thief both put out albums well over an hour is it the individual interest in the genre that makes it feel like it's 10 hours long? Like read the way that you felt when you listened to once twice melody. Is that how I felt when I was listening to warm dragon, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like at what point do you just get lost on the experience because you find that you're just, there's no end in sight. Is it a genre thing you think, or what? Uh, I think it, it's not as cut and dry as that. Like, I think it has to be quality no matter the genre, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like we're kind of pulling, it's, it's hard to use those two examples because we're, we're the opposite on them. But uh, <laughs> like I'll use, in, in my review, I use Stadium Arcadian by the Red Hot Chili Peppers as an example, like, like me as a Chili Peppers fan, loved it, but that's not to say all Chili Peppers fans loved it, you know, like, I, I feel like that maybe not, maybe doesn't answer the question, but like for me, be, uh, beach house was was just way too long and like your comment there about uh what was it like 80 minutes it seemed like 80 seconds and i yeah. was like for for me add on a couple zeros to that because that's where because <laughs> that's where i was you know? yeah um I, I think it's like it's a immediate like sounds a red alarm like yeah like, oh shit like you know if they're putting out this much it better be quality yeah but I, I don't think it's as cut and dry as saying like hit or miss you know and i think our our last two reviews show that yeah maybe you what do you think yeah i would say something similar you know uh like you said the flag and the red alarm or the red flag goes up anytime you see an album that long i think it's pretty you can look back in history of albums and just see that you know the sweet spot for an album is 50 to probably an hour like that's that's probably what especially nowadays of what gets the most point across without you know dragging on too long uh for me i think you just got to have something to say and a reason to say it and the one that stands out to me the most is is more so going back to the kanye and drake albums of last year i think they kind of got to a point where they're just putting albums on there or sorry songs on there just for like charts purposes because they're just trying to get streaming numbers and like that stuff just really it's really annoying pisses me off in terms of of music and stuff but so in that case 
it's an actual waste of space and I can't believe people listen to them constantly. Whereas, you know, with Beach House and Big Thief, I think while polarizing and while I didn't like Big Thief, I felt like um, they both had things to say and they were both, uh, you know, pushing boundaries on what they want to do and nothing um, was really duplicated or, you know, they were experimenting the whole way through you know, in both those cases, I think it's absolutely fine that they went long. And I think it's an artist's choice. Would I have preferred it to be 60 minutes with all the songs that I liked? Absolutely. 100%. And did that factor into lowering scores on both? Absolutely. 100%. I think longer albums do hurt them. Um, but, you know, it's the artist's choice and there's often direction and reason they do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, likely I will continue to rate albums lower for being this long because I, I do often find there's there's parts there that can be cut so i mean even beach house was 8.2 and you know it could have been a, a nine oh it, it it was a nine <laughs> yeah <laughs> for you. yeah but i mean like even though i loved every song you know like a last line there is hey beach house maybe two albums next time right so yeah, for sure <laughs> Well, for anyone listening, you know, anyone listening to this, if you ever do catch Lundy giving a really high, uh, really high score to something that's over an hour, then uh, make sure you call him out on it. <laughs> like, I thought you or, like this or, stuff. or just listen to it because that means it's really fucking good. Yeah. Or even better, find your favorite long album and just start spamming Lundy with it. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but um, no, I, I agree with your point. And just to wrap up this thought. Um, the difference between something like Big Thief or Beach House compared to like Drake making fucking too sexy and putting it on like every radio station is if there's substance, people will appreciate that no matter how long it is. And, you know, if you're trying to have, if you have a message or you have something you want to say, then uh, there will be an audience for it. And clearly for these two albums, they found different audiences within our group, but at the end of the day, they're both good albums. Right. Oh, for sure. All right, now it's time to have a little fun. <laughs> this segment is called Sweet Meter, or alternatively, How Sweet Is It Anyway? It's a working title, but the goal is simple. Take a collection of tracks, think greatest hits, and break them down into three groups. It'll be too sweet, i.e. the best of the best, sweet, which is good, but not great, and finally, not sweet, which is the worst of the bunch. Each member of TSR takes a pre-selected group of music and divides them up evenly between the three groups. Then we'll go track by track and debate the choices. No better way to learn than to dive in. The first album selection for this segment, for what we hope to continue doing on future podcasts, is the iconic compilation album, Big Shiny Tunes 2. Is Big Shiny Tunes a much music like Canadian thing? Yeah, 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 it's it gotta is. be. I was like, I've never heard of that otherwise. It, it, it is, it is, it is a much music compilation series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for all of our with, Canadian followers, which is heavy advertising in Canada. Does anyone particularly want to go first? Um, I will go first as number one song on Big Shiny Tunes 2 is in my too sweet group. Breathe by Prodigy for me is too sweet. And I don't know Ooh. if I'm, I don't know if I'm the only one here. As a huge Prodigy fan growing up, this song had it all, man. It has this, this like your your classic Prodigy drum breaks. They were a sample based, loop based uh, uh, project, you could say. A lot of their drum breaks are coming from old vinyls that they have. 
It's just the dirtiness of it, the break beat. Like that's classic to me. That is like classic 2000 sound. And the minute that we 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 said we were going to do Big Shiny Tunes 2 and that song came on, I got teleported back. And for that reason, it is too sweet. <laughs> very fair. I mean, to, to start this off, this exercise was very tough for this uh, for this album. <laughs> um, yeah. I have probably 10 two sweeters on this one, um, but this one fell short of the mark, ended up on, in the sweet category, the nice and comforting sweet category, which <laughs> is nothing to feel bad about on an album this great. Um, I'll leave it at that. These guys, oh man, Barnum, Barnum, Barnum. Sorry, I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me too, I'm with Reed. It falls in the sweet category. Um, not to get too into depth, but it's definitely one that just kind of got cut there. It's uh, definitely one of the higher ranked songs on the on the album for me. It's hard, man. This is this is a this is a stack. Big Shiny Tunes too. This is probably one of the most stacked of them all so well it's the most it's the no most, ill no ill one. no ill will for anything that doesn't quite make the mark right unless you're really not sweet and you deserve it all right up here uh song two of uh big shiny tunes also called song two from blur uh blur at this time in in your in uh britain were huge massive and this song was such like uh, an anthem song such a great live song for me Similar to Breeze, ended up on the sweet, the sweet list, not the too sweet. It's an amazing two-minute song, and it's hard to squeeze out, but it just didn't make my uh, top cut. But it's uh, it's great nonetheless. Not to take anything away from it. Uh, for me, it's in the too sweet category. Um, growing up, just impossible as a sports fan not to absolutely love this song. Hell, the song anyways just kicks ass for two minutes and one second. But um, special place given due to all the sports background I have. Yeah, um, like like Lenny said, it's iconic. I felt I feel like it was in like every movie and commercial as a kid. Like I just you hear that song fucking everywhere. And for me, number two, also too sweet. So that's two for two, too sweet in a row. I, I was I was coming into this album just coming in hot i was like man this is just this is this album is gonna be too sweet all the way down but oh for me as well that one's in too sweet just like lundy just a really good just commercial rock all over the place fucking high energy song and i fucking loved it all right uh number three third track on big shiny tunes two is semi charm life by third eye blind this one for me is also in the too sweet category. And I was very surprised by this. I thought this was like, um, before I started listening to this again and prep for this pod, I kind of thought it was a pretty corny song. And I just listened to it randomly as a drinking or something like that. And people singing at karaoke or something along those lines. But I ended up like really digging it. I, thought, I think the lyrics are cool. And I think Third Eye Blonde is a pretty underrated band. Um. For me, um, also going to be sweet. Uh, I, I thought I liked this song more because at, when I went through the track list initially, like the, some of the songs pop because it's just like you think of the, you know, back in the day when you're listening to these kind of songs. It's like, yeah, Sammy Charles Life is everywhere. But then in a retrospective listen when I was on it, it's like couldn't, couldn't quite make it too sweet. The do 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 was a little too, you know, handsome boy bandy for me. Like I, I was kind of cheesy and, you know, Maybe I'm just getting a little jaded over that kind of stuff, but uh, it's still sweet. It's just not too sweet. 
You're wrong, Roz. It's too sweet. <laughs> yeah. Too sweet. <laughs> Incorrect. The doot doot doots. Sign me up, buddy. Sign me up those doot doot doots. It's the, it. the the most catchy song about methamphetamine of all time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't go see a, a concert of these guys, but like, <laughs> let's go with the song. Any. Uh, any karaoke song this one slaps it's definitely a karaoke song no doubt that's all i could think of number four walking on the sun by smash mouth uh for me again uh, it's gonna be a sweet um old 70s vintage vibes unique voice vocal performance it's too bad that they were eclipsed by all-star and shrek but it is still a pretty good song so for me it's gonna be sweet and for me too sweet. Oh man, you're using them all up. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, we're two two now. Uh this song rules, man. Like this run really reminds me of uh of just sitting in the car with dad. He loved this one. One of the first CDs we got when we got a first car with a CD player in it. And like sound kind of long-winded, but um no, I mean, like if this came out now, I'd probably be eh, it's not that cool, but like the nostalgia is just way too high. I will never not love this song. It's uh, it's there for me, and it's way better than All Star. I will agree that it's way better than All Star, but it's a not sweet for me. This Whoa. is one of the lower oh, songs no. on Big Shiny Tunes too. Um, I don't know if it's listening to it now, but I just got jaded um, listening to it. I, I couldn't listen to it more than a few more times. Maybe I loved it back then, but right now, in hindsight, this is one of the worst songs I've known. <laughs> oh my god Lenny's, Lenny's CD player in his car head did not have this CD <laughs> alright up next is uh, Sugar Ray with Fly <laughs> man Sugar Ray like how many classic catchy tunes did these guys put out they must have put out like a half dozen in two three years uh, this is one of the first for me it ends up on the sweet list Again, like the, the nostalgia of this album, like it's it's so hard to put it any any lower. It doesn't make the the top. Uh, I just just falls in there neat and tidy. It's a classic. Pretty much, you put it on, everybody will know the words. So uh, that's where I ended up. Same as you. This is in the sweet category. Sugar Ray. I don't know where you are, but if you're listening <laughs> to this, you know if somehow a hashtag hits you or something hits you that you can listen to this, flies is, is a great song. And thank you for giving this to us. <laughs> I, in fact, did not find it hard to push it lower on the list. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and it was actually the very first song that I placed in the not sweet category. Oh, my God. Ooh. Sugar Ray, I'm, turn this off right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sugar Ray, but I despise this song. It, it hurts my ears. It's, uh, it's, the worst, it's the worst song on the album. Whoa, even the, little, even the little guitar, the little riff they're playing. Yes, it's it's awful. It doesn't belong on this album whatsoever. Oh my god. All around the world. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this. We're not even into it yet, but no. uh, all the songs of this album, this one has a spot for sure. No way. Disagree. All right. <laughs> oh, all right. Um <laughs> number six, six track on it. Drinking in LA by Brand Band 3000. This song is too fucking sweet, boys. Oh. I love this song so much. It is amazing. 
I can listen to it over and over. It's one of uh, my go-to party songs. It's on all the party playlists. Me and the boys, we rock it all the time. Um, I just think it gives really good vibes. Um, Yeah, I got nothing much more to say. I'll be drinking in LA soon. That's all I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't even even make that connection, but it's so true. (laughs) I'm there with you, Lundy. This song is badass. Uh, Hi, my name is Stereo Mike. Uh, It's funny. I didn't actually like this uh, when I listened to this album a lot, like back in the day, and it grew on me over the years. Now I love it. It's sick. Roz? It was... uh... When I when I eyed the album, it was my, it was the top of my two sweet. It was this song. I fucking love this song. It is so good. It is perfectly weird. It's perfectly weird in the best way. It's just like the little intro, like the thoughts are talking. Like, what the hell am I doing drinking? I remember when I was 16 saying, <laughs> yeah. what, what the hell am I doing drinking at like 26? And I was like, man, yeah. 26 is so old. I'll never be 26. <laughs> <laughs> no, brand band. Don't, I've never listened to anything else, but this song is fucking perfection. And it is too sweet. Top of my list. Damn. Yeah. Numbers, uh, number seven, uh, Russ. Number seven for me. All right, boys. And a, and a very stark contrast to that song. <laughs> let's, uh, let's have a listen to Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson got a lot of heat back in the day. Wasn't a very uh, liked figure and still isn't, even though he was at the Donda listening party. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. But uh, uh, Beautiful People for me made the sweet list, actually. I uh, I have a soft spot for uh, that music back in the day, man. Just super hype. I remember listening to it just like fucking rock it out when I was like a, like a wee boy. But uh, yeah, man, I really, really enjoy that song. Beautiful People, sweet. Uh, <laughs> don't you do uh, it. don't you do this yeah tomorrow. i have no idea if the timing is right on this at all but i just remember listening to the beautiful people and dragula by rob zombie and they both just <laughs> always pump me up the beautiful people is a great song uh meryl manson's a fucking piece of shit but oh, beautiful sure. people is a sweet song yeah it's, it's, it's yeah. just it's yeah. I, let me let me disclaim a disclaimer he is a piece of <laughs> but that is a good song <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, yeah he didn't away. he didn't exactly do much to like uh persuade the public uh persona of himself eh? like he didn't come out and say oh i'm a good guy then he put out that dope show video for me uh it ended up on the not sweet list oh I think it's a it's a casualty of a, of a very good album. Uh, it's the last one I squeaked off the sweet list. I had seven. I had to go to five. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me, numb was not sweet. <laughs> not sweet. Not uh, not a big fan of this one. Not much more to say. Uh, didn't really ever stick for me, and uh, just not sweet on something this loaded. Yeah, same thing. It's just it's a fun song, but it's it's doesn't do much. Not not amongst this group of things. Yep, I will reflect those statements. Keep it short and sweet. Uh, I have a note here. It just says, "Not my bag, baby." <laughs> 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 yeah, Holly McNarland, sorry, but uh, yeah, this song is a not sweet for me. It's actually top of my not sweet list. So sorry about that. <laughs> Number nine, swallowed by Bush. Um, this song for me is too sweet. I am a big Bush fan, uh, 16 Stone, absolutely incredible album. Um, and I've listened to Kirk Fitzpatrick sing these songs way too much to not have a crazy <laughs> appreciation for them. Kirk. 
shout out Kirk. Uh, straight up though, this is uh, an awesome song. It's not Bush's best song, but it's still I I, I really like what they were doing at this time. Uh, it's a uh, too sweet. Yep. And uh, I'm not a huge Bush fan. Didn't know much about him, but this song, I get this like grungy kind of Nirvana rock riffy kind of vibe. And uh, just fucking, I really fell in love with it doing, during this listen, which is hilarious. But uh, it ended up on my two sweet list. For me, it's sweet. Uh, I really do like it. it. Again, just a casualty of the system, boys. Um, <laughs> really, uh, I, I do like it. It got squeezed out. Simple as that. Number 10, we have pushed by Matchbox 20. Not a fan of these guys. If it sounds like every radio rock from back in the day, I am not a fan. I am not a fan. That's what I will say. And they are not sweet in my books. For me, they're on the sweet list. Uh, nothing too special. Nothing too shit. Again, nostalgia to this album. Um, this one has a soft spot. Soft spot for the heart. Lundy? Yeah, same here, buddy. Uh, sweet for me. Um, really just kind of smack dab in the middle of the album. Nothing, never, never uh, veered towards too sweet. Never really came close to being not sweet either. It's just a middle of the road one. Good song. Yep. Next up, we have uh, Precious Declaration by Collective Soul. For me, it's sweet. Um, very good song. Um, Collective Soul had. I mean, probably uh, probably a half dozen, six to ten solid songs out over the years, uh, and this is one of them. Um, not too good for too sweet. Uh, definitely sweet. Yeah, I just have it as sweet. Uh, I think the guitar riff here is really cool, um, but the singing kind of loses me at times. Never been a really big Collective Soul fan. Uh, it's just a fine song. Yep, and I will. Uh... I'll uh, follow up here saying also my sweet list again, just thought it was a proper jam. Didn't have much bad to say about it. Not my, you know, cup of tea to get to too sweet, but it's definitely sweet. Number 12, Temptation by the Tea Party. Uh, this for me just got cut from the too sweet list. It is a, another sweet song. Um, just like this a lot. It's uh, just a good hard rock song you know don't really know much a whole lot about the tea party never really listened to them a lot but this is one of those i don't know if they're even considered a one-hit wonder but you know they are this song is kick-ass rock definitely around this time yeah they had some other songs out as well and uh, for me not sweet uh but never really a fan of the tea party the uh the lead singer scares the hell out of me uh, <laughs> what does he look like i gotta know because it, it leads into my what what does he look like what, he's what, definitely what? a weird looking bird yeah yeah he's like like vampire shit like okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. anyway yeah not, not sweet for me yeah i was gonna say um temptation tea party don't know the band don't know the guy but i have him down as not into goth rock goth lyric industrial rock sounds so i picture him wearing like eyeliner i don't know for sure yeah you're right his voice looks very he sounds very satanic satanic to me so i don't know just uh wasn't really feeling it so yeah sorry temptation not sweet number 13 near and dear to my heart and i hope it is also to the other uh two sweet boys oshaga 2019 block rock and beats chemical brothers this is high up on my two sweet list just from the nostalgia of listening to it live uh, at one of the best shows I've ever seen and just Chemical Brothers just 
being a production marvel and just everything just sounding perfect and in its right place and using the best sample selection of uh, even most modern producers. Uh, high, high up on my two sweet list. Too sweet. I'll leave it at that. Amazing song. <laughs> also too sweet. Roz, got, uh, Roz killed it. Thank you. Next up, we have My Old Self by Wide Mouse Mason. <laughs> Not Just like Matchbox. For me. Uh, the, my old self by Wide Mouth Mason is uh, just sweet for me. I actually had one song that I was trying to move. I ended up with six in my not, uh, not sweet, which we were only supposed to have five. So I chose oh, one. Whoa, whoa. I chose one to move up, and this was the one that I chose. My old self is sweet. Yeah, for me, my old self, wide mouth, uh, Mason, my mouth was firmly closed. I did not enjoy this song and uh, it is on my, uh, my not sweet list. So sorry guys. Thanks for that, Ross. Um, next we have, oh. if anybody doesn't have this too sweet, I'm just logging off. Like it's logging it's, off. Is logging off a thing on Zoom? Um, oh, it is. Yeah. Uh, Radiohead, Paranoid Android, too sweet. That's all I got. It's the best song on the album. Yeah. I was going to say, if, if you don't lie, I will kick you off. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you guys would be able to go way deeper into this than me, but yeah, best song on the album, multi-layered, critically acclaimed. I mean, the, the album Push Boundaries, this, this song is like an opera. There's so much shit going on. There's so many different parts. Like it's fucking insane. Like it's the video is really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's definitely the best song on the album. Drinking LA close, but you know, you can't touch Radiohead. That's yeah. a high bar. Yeah, if I started listening to uh, Radiohead, Paranoid Android back when I was listening to Brand Van, then I think I'd be it. It would have given me a more deep connection than when I heard <laughs> it both. But it, it it's definitely uh, yeah, super super sweet. Okay, uh, sixteen, the one we almost all missed. Uh, remote Control, The Age of Electric. Um, this is not sweet. I not sweet. Not Honestly, if also. you if you just didn't talk about it and we missed it, then the world would be the same place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like I never heard this song or this band before. Did do you guys know the song? No, no, I don't. I don't uh, think I ever heard it. And then when I like pretty, when I'm doing my pretty, list today, yeah, impossible. It's just caught in between the couch like a remote yeah. control huh? yeah <laughs> yeah i was gonna yeah. say like he just kept repeating it like what why is he just repeating the same thing over and over to this boring sound yeah it was awful <laughs> I just wasn't enjoying it yeah i don't know yeah it was not shiny or big i don't know how it got on the album yeah someone paid it's like they paid or they might be maybe they're canadian i i didn't look into anything about them I, there's got to be a reason they got yeah. it. maybe their dad is like the is like an executive <laughs> Like it's not even on Spotify. Like how? Like where, what's going on? <laughs> they Come even on. left it off the playlist. Like the person who made the playlist. <laughs> yeah. made he's like he's that. That's not sweet. That doesn't. That's, 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 not, that's not shiny <laughs> at all. This is terrible. Yeah. So yeah. No, not sweet. Last and one. Last one. Yep. Number seventeen. Lady Picture Show. Snow, Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, admittedly, not a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan growing up. Not because they're not a good band, just because it wasn't really my thing in the in the, the moment in time that they were really big with that song. Uh, I have it as sweet, nice laid back jam, wicked guitar solo in it. It's for me, it's a solid sweet. For me, it is too sweet. Ooh. Gotta love uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Like it's uh, just a jam to to round out the album. Uh, 
I have this one as not sweet. Ooh. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I think what bothers me about this is that it's just, it's like the third or fourth best song on this album at the time. I think I like Stone Temple Pilots. So I think it just bothers me that they chose this song. That's pretty much my beef with it. So that's why it's not sweet. Personal vendetta. All right. Just to recap, they're going to give you our favorite songs at least. Um, I hope, well, first off, I'll just say, I hope you enjoyed the exercise. Uh, we got some cool creative ways to redo this uh, with more compilation albums or just asking our followers for uh, 15 random songs that we'll listen to and rank. Uh, I think it's, it's fun and it's, uh, enjoyable for people to listen to, hopefully, as well. So hit us back with some feedback on it if, if you liked it. And uh, you know, my uh, six, two sweet songs from Big Shiny Tunes 2. Um, in no order, uh, song two by Blur, Drinking in LA, Brand Band 3000, Block Rock and Beats uh, by The Chemical Brothers, Paranoid Android by Radiohead, Sammy Charm Life by Third Eye Blind, and Swallowed by Bush. So I have uh, Sammy Charm Life, Walking on the Sun, Drinking in LA, Paranoid Android, Lady Picture Show, and block rock and beats. Seeing some, uh, seeing some connections here between the three guys, but uh, also not so much. I mine did kind of lean into the dance yourself, but that's just uh, you know that's that's my genre. Um, in an actual particular order, from top to bottom, um, I have drink, <laughs> drinking in L.A. Too sweet, paranoid android, block rock and beats, breathe, song two, and then swallowed. All too sweet. I think we have we have. Uh... We only have one different, Russ. You knew? Yeah, you have Breathe, and I have Semi-Charm Life, I think. Oh, man, we're close. We were close. We've been on the same page here lately. Yeah, man. You're, turning, you're going fringe here on us. Yeah. Going heel, turn heel. Yeah, you're in there playing the banjo with Big Thief in the gazebo. <laughs> <laughs>